0: somebody say we made it we made it we made it it. here we are on the brink of a new year and God is refreshing he's pouring out his spirit he's preparing us he is with us and when God is here the atmosphere changes Hallelujah. You know, it's wonderful that when you come, we we come here with a heart set to worship him, to honor him, to magnify him. And one of the greatest ways we can do that is to allow our hearts to be transformed and to allow our minds to be renewed by the power of his word and the power of his presence and his glory. And so I am so excited that on this New Year's Eve, on the very last day of 2023, we have a visit from the Lord himself this morning. I feel his presence. I feel his presence. And I pray that you will allow his words to penetrate your heart as we endeavor to hear what it is he wants to say to us on this morning. And the message is, let it go. Let it go. Now, I don't know what that's going to mean to each and every one of us, But I pray that as we're working through the lesson that he has given us this morning, that he is going to illuminate in your heart what he wants to say to you. I can think of a time not too long ago where I had given an assignment to someone and they said, oh, I got it. Overconfident maybe, I got it. I said, oh, okay. I'm not gonna argue with you. If you got it, you got it. And as you might imagine, the story is gonna go. As we got closer to the deadline and things were supposed to be happening, I noticed they didn't got it. (laughs) And the thing about me is, if I know that you don't got it, then I can take the necessary preparations and get involved to help to make sure that it gets done. But when you tell me that you got it, I'm not doing any of those things because I'm assuming, based off of what you said, that you got it. So needless to say, when I discovered in the moments prior to the necessary deadline that it wasn't complete, there was a little bit of frustration and as I think about that and as I was preparing for this message I said I know I'm frustrated I know that they thought they had it I know sometimes pride gets in the way and you realize that you don't got it but you don't want to tell the person you don't got it because you said I got it and so in the midst of all of that I'm waiting for some humility to kick in I'm waiting for somebody to be like I'm sorry I thought I had it, that didn't happen. So you know how hard it is to let something go when you don't get the apology that you think that you should have before you can let it go. And yet, as I was preparing this message and thinking of an appropriate analogy, that came to mind. I gotta do what? Let Let it go. The apology may never come. But is it really worth it for me to come into my new year, my new season, my new breakthrough, everything I'm declaring holding on to the baggage of the past? I submit to you this morning, far too many people are walking around carrying heavy baggage heavy baggage from years of mistake, years of hurt, pain, bad choices, you name it. In Jesus, there is no condemnation for our past mistakes because we are given the gift Here we go with that gift again, of eternal grace. Wow, the gift of eternal grace. It's time therefore for us to unpack all the worthless weight we're carrying and learn to live free. Anybody wanna do that with me this morning? Amen. Not too long ago, I had to go on a trip and I was going to homecoming. <clears throat> and the thing about us, and I know this might be a female thing, so don't judge me, but sometimes you overpack because you're not sure exactly what it is you're going to be doing. And you want to make sure that you have everything you need for every possible circumstance. And people make fun of us, but then they come to us when they don't have what they need after they've packed, and we have it in our bag, right? But I might have gotten a little carried away on this one particular instance because I knew that I had an overweight luggage, but when I got to the um, check-in counter... They said, this bag is so overweight, we're gonna to have to charge you an additional fee. And I said, how much? And they said, $120. I said, oh, wait, let me see if I can take something out. As embarrassing as it was, The line is packed behind me. I am at the teller with my luggage open at the last second trying to pull stuff out. And as I'm pulling stuff out, I'm realizing I didn't even really need this. We try it and we weigh it again. No, you're still one pound over. Oh! So I'm digging through, trying to see what else can I take out? So now my bag is checked. All the stuff that I pulled out, I had to stick in my little carry-on tote. And I'm thinking to myself, now I have to make it through this huge airport with this extra weight. That wasn't a pleasant experience for me. It happened to be the biggest airport in the country. And here it is, I'm carrying extra weight. See, just like I had the option to go in there and to take some things out, and I really had the option to just leave some stuff at home, we have an option this morning as well. We have an option to unpack, to take some things out, to say, I'm not carrying this along anymore. I'm gonna let this go. I'm not dragging this offense with me anymore. I'm gonna go ahead and forgive. I'm not going to keep packing this up each year like, nope, it's coming with me. You offended me in 1972, and you're going to know about it to the day I die. The weight of carrying those burdens, those offenses, those pains, affect us with fines that we don't even realize are being assessed. See, they told me it was gonna be an extra fee, so I had a chance to think about this and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, do I really want to pay the cost? And I don't think we're always cognizant whether we acknowledge it or see it in real time or whether we get taxed over time, that there are costs associated with us lugging that baggage as well. So as we go through this series, as we go through this message today, if we're carrying around with us bitterness and anger because of past pain and frustration, I'm gonna encourage you to let it go. It can spill over into the current and future relationships. It can cause collateral damage. We have to let it go. Somebody say, let it go. We have to choose forgiveness and repentance in order to be who Christ is calling us to be. If we're going to be kind, if we're going to be tenderhearted, if we're going to love others the way Christ loves them, then we have to let it go because that's who we are. We're not the Christians who just read the Bible and come to church on Sunday, but then leave out and do whatever we feel like doing. That's not who we are. We're the Christians who we acknowledge that, okay, I'm not perfect, I'm human, I make mistakes, I have feelings, but at the end of the day, I surrender them to God. At the end of the day, I surrender my emotions to him. God, you are Lord of my life. And you have the authority to rebuke me. You have the authority to tell me, baby, you are out of line. You have the authority to say to me, I need you to go back and I need you to apologize. And because I submit to your authority, I'm able to hear you when you say, let it go. So as we look at our main teaching, the first point for those of you that are taking notes or those of you who are watching us online this morning is know the issue. Somebody say, know the issue. Obviously, to let go of an issue, we must first understand what the issue or the problem is. And there's an Ephesians passage that we can read together. Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 4. I want us to look at verses 31 through 32. Ephesians chapter 4 and then let me have one of the house Bibles too because I need to use your Bibles in order to make sure I give you guys a page. Ephesians 4 or if somebody's already there can you tell me? Thank you. Page 564 of the house Bible. So if you're in the house with us we're on page 564. Thank you Anna. If you're not, just turn to, in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 31 of chapter 4 and verse 32. And they read, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Somebody say, that's the word. See, people can argue with me. (laughs) They can argue with you. You going to argue with the word? He identifies seven specific things believers need to get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, every form of malice, and unforgiveness. And honestly, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the range of negative feelings and emotions and attitudes that we often carry along with us not aware. Where do they all come from? Surely it's not like we just wake up in the morning and decide we're going to be bitter or angry. It's not like you get up and say, I sure hope someone does something to make me mad today. That way I can withhold some forgiveness from them. We don't do that. And yet, if we're honest about it, there are many of us who silently hold bitterness, anger, envy in our hearts towards others. So the first step to letting it go is identifying what you're carrying around. We've got to identify it. And here are some keys, some easy steps some practical ways that we can identify what we're carrying. The first thing is we can bring the process to the Lord in prayer. We can ask him to reveal any areas that are holding us back. This is a powerful part. Coming to God and not just coming with your laundry list of things that you want him to address and things that you need for him to do, but coming to God and saying, God, show me me. Reveal to me any areas in my life that are holding me back because I've given you my desires and I've shared with you my my hopes and my dreams and my aspirations, so you show me what is it that is holding me back. You can bring the process to some trusted friends and ask them to help you identify any obvious areas of trouble or blind spots you may be missing. And this is why it's good to have friends that love the Lord, friends that are going to be honest with you, friends that are going to tell you what you really need to hear and not just tell you what you want to hear. I find, practically speaking, this means that you need to be honest with them when you give them the rundown. It's always amazing to me how when people tell stories they have the ability to tell the story in the light that is most likely to get the feedback that they want that supports the position that they've already taken. And I see right through it, because of my background, one of the things that I had to do when I was in law school that I hated at the time that has served me well so many years as I was on the mock trial team, and when I was on the mock trial, most of the other students would just be on one side. So you would go to court and you would pretend you're representing the defendant, or you would be on the other side and you would prepare your case for the plaintiff. And I don't know if we were just short people or if they were just trying to use and flex my muscles, but they had me do the plaintiff and the defendant. So in the morning I would go to court and I would represent the plaintiff, then we would go to lunch and then I'd come back and I would represent the defendant and because I had to do that, I knew both sides in and out. I knew the holes in both sides of the cases, I understood what the strengths were and it trained me that every time I see or hear a story, I'm always looking for, what did you do? What's the part you're not telling me? How did you participate in this? And then I kind of aggravate people because they're like, well, you're not supposed to ask those questions. You're supposed to just believe it just like I gave it to you. I do believe it, but I'm just prying because I know that there's three sides to every story. Your side, their side, and the truth. And somehow we've got to get to that. And in order for us to forgive, we have to be able to go to people, and we have to be able to tell them, well, this is how it came from my side, but honestly, this is probably how they felt about it. Here's the things that happened along the way that might have contributed to them feeling the way or doing the things that they did. And as we do that, then we can get honest feedback. And instead of having people who are around us who are just saying, man, they're really awful. I can't believe they did that to you that just stroke your ego and just satisfy your desire to be right, hopefully you've got some good people in your life that'll be like, I see your point, but maybe you could have handled that differently. Hopefully you got some people who really love you, who will tell you, nah girl, you shouldn't have said that. Because it is through those lenses that we're able to self-correct. And the last one I love, if you don't already have professional counselors and advisors in your life, find one. Schedule an appointment. It's unfortunate that there is a stigma in our society against counseling and therapy in our culture when the fact is the Bible is very much for trusted counselors and advisors. In the multitude of counsel, there is... Safety, where there is no guidance, a people fail. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. That's Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction. And in the end, you will be wise. Wow. Did y'all catch that? Listen to advice. That means we don't know it all. We ought to be willing to get advice and instruction because in the end we will be wise. That's Proverbs 19, 20. Plans are established By seeking advice. Proverbs 20.18. The book of Proverbs backed me up on this. Get counsel. So these are some ways that we can identify baggage in our life. Sometimes we're carrying baggage that we're not aware of. Like I'm aware of the baggage I used as my intro illustration but there are some baggage that you just don't even realize you're carrying I remember I was on a conference call and we were doing some intros and people were saying you know tell us a little bit about yourself and I was telling them about myself and my family history and all that kind of good stuff and so when I got done they were like wow are you in therapy (laughs) I said for what (laughs) they said that's a lot of trauma you're carrying I said is it Sometimes we get so used to carrying our own baggage that we don't even realize we're carrying baggage. You're just so used to carrying it. But if somebody offers you the opportunity to lift some of it off, I'm sure that you would want to take advantage of that. And that's what we do once we've identified those areas of baggage. The next obvious step is to do something about it to let it go, to get rid of it. And for this, we're going to listen to the words from 1 John. Make your way over to 1 John for me. Because thanks be to God that his plan for you is much bigger than just letting it go and being done with it for the sake of saying, I'm done with it, because many of us do that. We haven't really resolved anything, but I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I, we ain't got to talk about it no more. <laughs> you ever did that? You're not really done with it. And you're still mad. And you've adjusted accordingly. But you don't want to talk about it. Okay. But how do we let this go? Maybe there's another way you can let it go and without talking about it. So that you can see the bigger plan that God has for you. Is anybody at first, John? What page is it? Just what's the 1st John, the book of 1st John? Where is that? 590. 590? Okay. Thank you. All right. So let's go to chapter 1, verse 6 and 9. Chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read 6 through 9, and we're on page 590, if you're in the house Bible. It reads, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, and he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, what I like about this, in the book of Colossians, we're gonna look at it in a minute if you wanna start making your way over there, We're seeing that Paul is giving us, I mean, we're getting some instruction here of how we're going to release things without actually pretending that they've been released and we're holding on. And that is to drag it to God, to put it into the light, and to say to God, I'm wrestling with this. Because there's no sense in us pretending that we're not. There's no sense in us pretending that we have no sin, that we have no offense, that we have no issues, that everything is okay and everything is good when everything is not. We can come to God. Maybe you don't want to tell somebody else. Maybe you don't want to tell a counselor. Maybe you don't want to talk about it with a friend. But you can come to Christ and you can say, God, this is something that I am holding on to the pain of this divorce is still hurting me. God, the pain of this betrayal is still piercing me. God, the pain of this misunderstanding is still fresh in my mind. I need you to heal it. I need you to give me a release. I need you to help me to forgive. We can bring everything to him. See, that's where we go wrong. We know to go to God when we want a new house and a new car, but can we go to God when we need a new heart? When we need to forgive, can we say, God, help me with this, help me with my frailty, help me with my weakness, help me with my anger, help me with my frustration. Right now, I am feeling so angry, and I need you. I can't do this apart from you. In my own flesh, I can't let go of it. In my own thoughts and my own abilities and my own strength I can't do this but I know that I can do all things through you you've got to help me with this am I talking to anybody this morning now as I said in the book of Colossians the apostle Paul says you have been rescued from the dominion of darkness that means we have been rescued We share in the inheritance of the saints and the kingdom of light. That means we don't have to stay in this dark place. We don't have to stay in this dark room. We don't have to stay oppressed and carrying this baggage and this weight and this anger and this frustration. It's almost like when you're upset, there's like a dark cloud that's over you. Have you ever just been in an argument with somebody and it just looked like it's a dark cloud? And you're like, what is that? Just a darkness that's hovering. You, you need to step away, <laughs> okay? Little news flash. That's the time to be like, we're we going to talk about this later. And we're going to go pray. And you're going to go pray for that person. You're going to say, God, I, I need you to intervene. Nothing I say is going to be received. Nothing I say at this point is going to be heard because I can see that there is a spirit that is resting upon them, that they are not willing to respond to reason. At this time, it's those things like the bitterness and the anger, the malice, the slander, the unforgiveness. These are characteristics of the world system, not of the kingdom of light. So, as believers, it is important for us to regularly evaluate ourselves and consider the fruit we are producing. That's why I wanted to talk to you about this today because many of you are evaluating yourselves. You're thinking about your resolutions, what it is you wanna do differently the next year. God gave me one real clear. I'm not big on resolutions that I know I can't keep, but I'm gonna try. And when I woke up this morning, my first instinct was to check my messages and the Lord was like, can we not? Can we not? Can, can the first thing you pick up not be the phone? I was like, wow, this is gonna be hard. Like that's my habit. Like, mind you, I haven't checked the phone the whole eight hours I was asleep, and the world did not end. But when I wake up, if I don't, what if there's something important? like on my Instagram page. I'm just being real. Maybe y'all don't have things that God is telling you he wants you to work on. I do. And as I'm hearing God, I have one or two options. I can say, that's too hard, I ain't doing that. And there will be consequences. Or I can say, God, this is hard. Please help me. And that's 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 where we're at this morning. We can say, well, I don't want to hear this message. We got five more minutes. We'll be out of here. Or we can say, Oh Lord, this is hard. Please help me. I know she's talking to me. We must identify and recognize the rotten fruit. So now I'm going to shift from calling it baggage to rotten fruit. Because we want to consider the fruit that we are producing and we want to make a decision as we transition today from December 31st, 2023 to January 1, 2024 that we do not want to bring rotten fruit with us the things that are not producing for us, the things that are not making a difference in our lives, the things that are not improving the quality of our lives, that are not glorifying God, that's not making this world a better place, that's not contributing to somebody else's well-being, those are the things that we're going to be evaluating, like, do I really need to drag this with me? And God, who is faithful and just, forgives and purifies and I know this all sounds amazing and wonderful. Who doesn't want to walk in freedom of the light unhindered by baggage? And so when the baggage is too big, too heavy, too difficult to fix in a one, one hour time frame, I hear you, I'm willing to work on it. It's gonna take me a minute. Then the last point for you this morning is trust the process. We got to trust the process. Sometimes it's enough to just bring it to God and lay it before him and say, I want help. See, we get all worked up because we don't know how it's going to work out. Well, if I call them and I apologize and they don't take my apology, then it's really going to go left because what I'm going to... Trust the process. But what if I text them and they don't respond back to me? Trust the process. trust the process because what you're going to learn is their response is not even important they can stay mad let them go into 2024 with baggage that's between them and God let them keep dragging the situation on being unhappy being evil carrying a grudge you be happy you be free. You be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I know I made my father proud. I did what I was supposed to do. So I have a clean heart. And what they do is between them and God. And so then now you're trusting the process because the way that the process of God works, sometimes it looks like ain't nothing changed, but something is changing. A little seed is taking root. Sometimes it'd be one week later, that person be like, I'm going to Walmart. You want something? I thought we weren't even speaking. I'm not apologizing. I'm just wanting to know that you want something from Walmart. <laughs> Let's start with that. We'll take what we can get, right? That process is going to do what it's supposed to do after you do what you're supposed to do. The process of letting go can be a long and difficult one. The process of identification can take significantly longer than you think it should. The process of coming into the light might not be a hop, skip and a jump. There may be times when that baggage feels too heavy and that's when we have to remind ourselves, with God all things are possible, and we must be willing to trust the process. 1 Thessalonians 4 3 says, as clear as day, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. And that process is a lifelong one. I know that's hard for us in this age of instant gratification. In this age of let's speed this up, let's Amazon Prime it, let's get it in two days, let's get it in the microwave, let's finish it in three minutes. I mean, I know we're used to everything happening so quickly, but not in the things of God. You've got to be willing to move and to trust His process. It may not happen overnight, not a day, not a week. The process of sanctification is all of life and God uses all kinds of situations and circumstances to constantly conform us to the image of his son. So I've gotta ask myself, what was God showing me? What is God teaching me? Yep, they dropped the ball. Yep, they could have let me know. Would have been helpful. But God, what are you showing me? God, as you are speaking to your children today, I'm praying that you're showing them. There's some things he wants to show us. There's some things he wants to do in us. But we're going to have to be willing to release the baggage in order to be able to get to that place. Because when we think about my analogy of that baggage, at the end of the day, if I didn't have the $120, and I wasn't willing to let something go out of that baggage, guess what? That bag was never gonna make it to the other side. It was never gonna make it. They weren't gonna just take it as a courtesy. It needed to be within the limits. It exceeded the limits. And I think many of us are just demanding that God bless us in our mess, demanding that God take us to the next level, that he elevate us, that he promote us in our business, that he promote us with the desires of our heart, and we are exceeding the limits. You're not going anywhere. There's some stuff we need to take off. And so instead of being bitter and looking at everybody else who's getting there faster and getting all upset, we can come and get before God and say, Lord, what is it that you're trying to change? What is it that you're trying to renew? What is it that you're trying to show me? Help me to heal. Help me to forgive. Help me to implement. Help me to be obedient. Help me to be faithful because I desire to go to the place that you have set for me. Let there be no hindrances. Let me set off every weight that is besetting me. Let me take off everything that's delaying my departure. In the name of Jesus. Because God, I want to go where you want to send me. I want to experience the things that you have for me. I want to do the things that you've called me to do. So prepare me and prepare my heart. In closing, I want to draw your attention back to the word of Jesus in John chapter 10. This is what Jesus explains to the disciples. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Have it more abundantly. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. New Year, same assignment. That was the assignment in 2020, 2021, 2022. And as long as we walk this earth, that is what the enemy is intent on doing to you. One of the ways this can be accomplished is by weighing you down with so much trouble and so much baggage with life that you simply cannot move forward. Sometimes it's causing the offense with the one person that God wants to use for your breakthrough. But Jesus has come that we might have life and we would experience abundant and full life in the light of the kingdom. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off Everything, somebody say everything, everything, everything everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that is our declaration. That is our commitment this New Year's Eve, that we will consider him consider him, consider his ways, consider his purpose for our life, and that he will work this all together for our good. Even the things that were meant to harm us, even the things that were meant to weigh us down, even the things that were meant to stop us from going to the next destination, I believe it by faith. As we surrender those things to him, he has a way to work it out for your good. Come on and pray with me. Father, I thank you. Hmm. I thank you. I thank you. You're such a good God. You've been so good to us. You gave us Jesus, and you didn't really have to give us another thing, but you gave us your word, you gave us your spirit that we would be able to activate your word in our hearts and that we would be able to follow it and live by it and experience an abundant life here before we inherit the eternal life. God, I just thank you right now that as you're ministering to us, I thank you for every heavy wound. I thank you for all the heavy baggage that you are now receiving from your sons and your daughters. I thank you, Father God, that in the spirit realm, they are lifting it up to you. I am lifting it up to you. I'm lifting up every problem, every offense, every altercation, every disagreement, everything that is unlike you that would hinder our walk with you, our testimony for you, our ability to serve you, our ability to grow in you, our ability to do the things you called us to do. God, we give that to you right now, and we say, God, fix it. Fix it in us show us how to respond, show us how to resolve conflict, show us how to walk in grace, show us how to be forgiving, show us how to be loving, show us how to be more like you, show us how to turn the other cheek, turn, show us, Father God, how to not just say we're Christians, but Father, how to be Christians. Father, show us how to not just come to church, but to be the church. Father, do a new thing in us. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Not just a new year, but Father, do a new thing in us this new year. Help us develop new habits. Help us to break bad habits. Help us to walk with you and to get closer to you and to understand you and to follow you. Oh, Jesus, we need this. We sincerely we sincerely and earnestly seek you for this. And we know, according to your word, when we come to you that the prayers of the righteous, they avail much So, God, we trust you, and we just declare it by faith that it is already done. We trust the process, even if we don't see an immediate response, even if we don't get uh, any praise or any applause from others. God, we thank you that we know that you are pleased with us when we are following your word. God, we thank you that you are working all things together for your good. I thank you, Father God, that you are working this out in our hearts and in our minds, and that everything is going to bring you glory. We give you praise in advance. We magnify you, we glorify you, we exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody just give him praise like it's it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. It's already resolved, it's already fixed, there's already peace, there's already joy, there's already harmony. Come on, begin to just praise him like you relieve and you receive what God is going to do in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. Glory to your name. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.